never happened before. So I was at a complete loss. But thankfully, through the love of Apple, we are saved. Yes, I'm shouting out FaceTime because we're screen sharing in order to get Mr. Bad Jory in, but we got him. That's all that matters. And you may see me. <laughs> oh, no, you can see me twice. So. <laughs> oh, well, I guess um, I have to see my FaceTime camera showing me as well. But welcome, Victoria. I'm so excited to have you guys. Yeah. I can hear you fine. I'll just make sure everybody else can hear you as well. Now that through my FaceTime, it's a little different. Yeah, well, now it's not letting me type. All right, I'm giving up on technology today. So back to you. <laughs> How's everything going for you? How's quarantine? Quarantine. <laughs> Just a little bit. Well, I mean, you perform so much and you travel. So I'm sure it gets to the point where it's like, I didn't need a vacation, but it's never well. Everyone is getting vacation. Oh. Now they're saying they can't hear you. Hold on. Well, just give me a minute. I think it's because of the FaceTime thing. Let me check. Uh, we're trying, man. I know, they won't let me be great today. Okay. Oh, I know. It's because everything is in and my oh, oops unplug the keyboard let them unplug the speaker Oh. Okay. Yeah. okay. We're <sighs> yay, I can hear you. Good. Man, I just you know what? I just I said I'm not giving up on it. And I appreciate, I appreciate it because I, I didn't know what to do, where to go, but now I'm going to feedback. Someone plug my It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. Oh, okay. 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 okay, let me, let me, let me, let me, here we go. Let me hand up from the face. We're good. I think we're good. Okay. I'm sorry. 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 I'm sor
Okay. We are here. Started from the bottom. What? Started from the bottom. Now we're here. I is I had the other studio open still. What just happened? I don't. I don't see you now. Jesus. Why? Oh, there we go. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine, yeah. <sighs> Why, Internet? Why? I don't know what's going on, guys. Um, hope ah, he's back. Please just work. That's all. I yes, yes. It won't give me the option to print for you. To oh, all right, bye, lady. There's like a chat that keeps popping up that wouldn't let me click on you to show you. Okay. Please, Facebook gods, make it work. Can everybody hear us? We're here. Well, um, and that, oh no. He went frozen. I will never like that movie again, just from having to say frozen so much lately, and it's not in a good way. <laughs> All right, guys, so there's been some technical difficulties. I don't know what it is about today because I was more concerned that maybe hurricane issues would happen and I might lose energy, I'm not energy, um, electricity or something, but now we're having a new problem. I don't know what to tell you guys. Hopefully we'll be able to work it out. Here we go. All right. Yay. Look. I don't know what the heck is going on. Something in Miami, they don't want it to be great. That's all. You left like LA and everything stopped I have, working. I have my phone on do not disturb and calls are still coming through. Like, I don't know what, this is crazy today. Well, as long as it's you and not me. Because <laughs> if it's me, then you'd be making fun of this cheap North Carolina crappy. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. As long as you can, can they hear me? I'm making sure I'm hearing yes. Yes, we have sound. Because now every time something happens like this, it's referred to as a Teddy Riley moment. Like he's now a lexicon. Like, like, like we have a Teddy, Teddy Riley moment. I'm feeling very special to be in Teddy Riley company, though. I mean, Let me tell you a funny story about Teddy Riley and the whole group. My middle name is Guy. Okay, so let's start this off like this. My middle name is Guy. Right. My first name is Robert, right? Okay. I started using guy in college because when the group came out, all the women like, oh my gosh, a new group called Guy. We love that name. And I was like, that's my middle name. I never used my middle name before. And when the ladies liked it, I was like, you know what? Bam, I'm using my middle name. And that's how, you know, because some people think it's not my real name. No, that's my real name. I named it after my dad. So that's her name on my birth certificate, on all my legal documents, Robert Guy Tory the second. That's funny. So you changed your name just for the group guy. I but would never guess that. Well, I mean, you went and started right. going by. I've always gone by my middle name because oh. Camille's my middle name. I thought guy and, was a stupid name. And, and Robert was corny, so I went by Tori. I went by my last name. Oh, because I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't go by Robert Guy, but now that makes sense if well, you didn't like Robert then either. Used, then I used to go by our guy, Tori. He's our guy. <laughs> Look, keep it up. Everybody's going to have all your bank passwords with all the names right? you're giving it. Oh, so <laughs> all your my, aliases. My, my passwords are crazy. People won't know. They won't figure them out. Okay. but Don't try, y'all. Don't try. I mean, you did go to Trump University, so. Got kicked out, though. Got kicked out of Trump University. <laughs> I didn't work by the hoo-ha, so they kicked me out. Uh, is that their qualifications to graduate from there? You got to grind by the hoo-ha. You got to have a me too moment yeah. and not a good yeah. me too. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you have it because yeah. 
I mean, I've been in the same studio with you before as well right. as <laughs> right. I've seen your act in person and you're hilarious. Yes, yes. And little, you little, you name adult. names and what? Say what? A little adult, but it's 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 I drop a lot of no. knowledge too. I would say it's full on adult. It's one of those moments where you really have like a vacation from your brain because you're just listening to your stories, visualizing them and laughing. I mean, like tears almost <laughs> the entire show. I and that was like, that. man, because it was the first, well, A, it was the first date night my husband and I had had in a very long time. Uh-huh. You got to have and, those date nights in your marriage. And, you know, we're, we're, we're a different kind of couple in the South. And so it was like all black audience for the most part. And it was, I mean, we were crying, laughing. Just <laughs> both could identify with all the stories, especially him being from California as well. And we met in LA. Right. But your shows are amazing. Thank now, you. I appreciate that. How do you come up with the different skits that or I mean, you're just telling your life, but how do you know that? It's funny enough to share on stage. I mean, there, there's always a formula, but you just have to, you know, if you're a naturally funny person, which I've been told I am, and you add, you know, the stories to it and just your honesty and your truth, and then there's timing, you know, and then you, after doing it for 28 years, you kind of know what's going to work and what's not going to work. But in, my secret is not to tell the audience what to laugh, let them choose what to laugh and just, and just have it conversational. You know, mm-hmm. rather than trying to do set up punch, set up punch, set up punch. It's like, no, just, you know, just talk. And if, you know, there's there's places where I expect to laugh and I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And some and some comedians were like, you know, F y'all, that's funny. I'm like, <laughs> no, if they're funny, they would have laughed. So I just keep rolling on like, like they weren't supposed to laugh. So I never let the audience know if a joke doesn't work. Yeah. Now, since you're from a large family and a military family, I might yeah. add, uh, was there ever a time as a kid that you got in a lot of trouble, like with being such a funny person and so on? Like, was there ever signs at an earlier age that this is what I should be doing, like class clowning or any of that? Well, the first time I can remember making somebody laugh is in we lived in New York before St. Louis, where I grew up actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an aunt, a great aunt, because my mom and dad were only children, and and she was like our nanny, so she would cook and do the laundry and you know and, and babysit us basically. Mm-hmm. And she cooked breakfast one day and we were all at the table. My mom was probably off working and she made, you know, my dad, my dad and my mom had separated at, the t- at that time. They got back together. But at that point he wasn't around. So um, not by his choice. But so by anyway, uh, she made breakfast. She made bacon, eggs and grits. Right. And I ate all my bacon, ate all my, uh, ate all my eggs because I'm a compartmentalizer. I eat one thing at a time. Okay. I ate everything up except my grits and said, boy, you ain't even you ain't even touch your grits. And I took my finger and started touching it like I'm touching it now and start poking <laughs> it in there. And she reared back the back of it. And then she stopped and burst out laughing. And I was like, cool. But that's the first time I can remember making either my siblings or just anybody laugh and, and laugh to get me out of trouble. That part. That part. Yeah. yeah. So has there been other situations that you can remember or reflect on that were comedy got you out because I think that's very common to hear for people who are bullied right. they had to use other resources to get out of it so see, the thing about it was I was never bullied mm. I never got bullied because either I went to a school where my older brothers went or had okay. been or I was the bully <laughs> <laughs> at least you admit it but, you know but wait why I were was, you bullying? I, I was I, I was the bully, but I didn't know that was bullying back then. Okay. I didn't physically. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a small guy, so I didn't physically threaten anybody or tiring over anyone. It's just mm-hmm. I had jokes. Okay, and I would cap on you and snap on you. So I guess to me, in today's form, that's a form of bullying. And 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 back then, I just thought I was just having fun and. And you know, playing the dozens, mama right, jokes. Right, I was gonna say dirty dozens, mama right. jokes. Those right. are fun. Things are whack. Your, your clothes are wrinkled, and and in today's world, that's bullying. And I didn't know that back then. Right. Well, I don't. I don't know if I would consider what you said to be bullying because you did it in a jokingly manner. But, and it was, you know, it sucks being the butt of the joke. But we live in a world now where everybody, you know, everybody gets a trophy and everybody's a winner, and that's just not damn true. And you can't beat your kids no more, and blah 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 blah. And they grow up. You know, here's the funny thing: because they want yeah. you to discipline your kids, especially black kids. They want you to discipline your kids, and you discipline them or medicate them or medicate them. 
and they want you to do that, or and then and then so they won't end up in jail, right? But then you don't discipline them, end up in jail, then they say, well, you should have disciplined them. When I tried to, you put me in jail. So you know, this needs to go back to whooping ass, not abuse, <laughs> just whooping ass. Yeah, Two different no. things. You know, I have this theory with my daughter. I would just go crazy on her. And the younger she was, I felt like I could spank her. And she would just always remember that one time mommy spanked you. And that would right. be my threat. So I would never have to do it again. Right. And I went like really crazy. I was like crying during it. Like, this hurts me more oh, than like, all the lines that our parents used on us, you know. This hurts me more than it hurts you. And I probably barely popped her, but. For her, the whole emotional craziness of it all was right. traumatic enough that now I can just threaten that. <laughs> you know, if you keep bringing grades home like this, this is going to have, I mean, we've tried other areas to help you. Right. And if, if you don't start actually turning in your work, there's no other choice. But right. I'm straight. Look, I don't, I don't want I remember like spankings just being like, yeah, hurry up. I'd rather get a spanking than get punished because it was over in like a couple of minutes right. and the pain was gone. Right. But, yeah. But my mom was also a black belt stunt woman. So really? Yeah. yeah. She's crazy. She's crazy. But anyway, back to you. Did we get kicked in the face? No. I had to think about that for a minute. No, um, no. And even doing Taekwondo competitions, nobody kicked me in the face. But in soccer, I did get kicked in the head a few times. Okay, well, that's soccer. I'm talking about your mom kicking you in the mm. face. That would be so dope, man. She gave one of my teachers a black eye, though. She what now? She gave one of my teachers a black eye she in kindergarten. Well, it was a soccer game. <laughs> Teachers versus parents, and she hit the ball so hard that oh, made I, my teacher <laughs> put the hands on you and she just went and like kicked in the face. That would be yeah. a man, no, but she did do a lot of competitions. So there are people that have been kicked in the face by my five four mom, but luckily not me. See? So, yeah. Don't 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 hate on the short people. No, short people. Pack mighty punches. Right. That's why I don't fight short people. Everybody I fought was bigger than me. Because I'm in a win win situation. I'm yeah. either if I'm I'm little, so I'm not supposed to win anyway. So I get, if I get beat up by a bigger person, I'm gonna get some hero, I'm gonna get some sympathy booty, right? <laughs> right. Uh, then I'm gonna get hero booty. So I'm gonna get booty either way. <laughs> and all of right. your decisions are booty based. Yeah, yeah, well, women. You know, women gonna think like, oh, you know, he beat your ass. I mean, coming to my bosom, like mm. <laughs> You know, or if I beat the big person, bigger, I won't be a woman. I never hit a woman unless it's doggy style. But if I beat the, if I beat the bigger person, I'm like, oh my god, you just beat that big old guy. Come on to my bosom. What <laughs> so, on me? Hey, whatever works. Whatever's your motivation. So right. we've worked on a lot of comedies, but you've also done like some really serious movies as well. Yeah. How do you even? How do you get taken seriously, first of all, for the auditions? Like, how did you even get to that point where people were willing to take that chance on you, knowing you as a comedian already? Well, the very first one, it wasn't even an audition, really. The very first mm -hmm. one, very first, not movie, very, very first dramatic movie that I did, it wasn't an audition, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. American History X saw me at my comedy night, Fat Tuesdays, and he actually came down to see another comedian for that role. And I went up, and my subject matter... Um, they felt that my energy suited um, that role better with me playing it. And they ended up giving me the role. And then once I played the role, you know, when you're acting in, in a movie it, it opposite one of the greatest actors of our generation, Ed mm -hmm. I mean, he's going to make you raise your game. And he wasn't even really that popular back then. Why, why he was, he had done, mm -hmm. he had done Primal Fear. He had got Love that film. Um, for that film, which he should have won an Oscar for, but he didn't yeah. win doing best supporting that year uh and, you know it makes you raise your game and that, and that's what you got to do because i really had didn't have any acting lessons so and i went to performing arts school i was in a band and visual art so drawing and painting so i ended up doing a movie and when hollywood saw my dramatic you know skills then that's when the dramatic roles came but the thing for comedians a lot of comedians can be great dramatic actors if we take our comedy ego Put it out the way and deepen and dig deep into that dark side. And we're dark anyway. That's why we do right. we're dark individuals. So if we can get to our, if we can can our ego and get to that dark side, we'll make some very great dramatic dark 
you know, very, very dark actors because we have a dark side. No, I instinct is to find the joke. Comedy is truth and pain. So whatever is bad, we automatically train um, to find the funny in it. But when you're acting mm -hmm. in a drama, you have to like cut that off and not go to that funny side and be and find that dark side and tap into that and be vulnerable enough to do it. Yeah. Now, how was it working on a set where, especially with American History X, being that it was such a sensitive with it being Nazis and all of that? Like, how, how did that? It was yeah. hell because yeah. the director was Jewish. He's, he's mm. kind of a method director. You heard of method actors. I never heard of method director. But he wanted real skinheads on the set. So they brought in from Orange County, California, a buses full of skinheads as extras. Because he wanted it real. He wanted the real tattoos, the real look. So a lot of days, I was the only black on the set. They had no blacks on the crew, no blacks, in the, uh, you know, other than the other inmates. Yeah. So, but, but, but when they weren't there, when they weren't shooting, it was just me as the only black. So it was tough. It was tense. But, you know, I was able to use that, that energy and, and put it into the character, which turned out to be a pretty good balance for Ed Norton's character. No, I would say so, but... I'm sure lunchtime was not a fun time for you. Lunchtime? Let me tell you something. They said rap at the end of the night. Before they got the A and P out, I was in my truck. You were like, wait, did they say did they say margarita? Yeah. <laughs> wait, martini, not margarita. Sorry. Yeah. It's May. I'm still thinking Cinco de Mayo. That's martini. Okay. Martini, margarita. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. I did not realize those were real skinheads. Oh, yeah. That just adds another layer of not only of your your acting abilities, but just that layer of professionalism to be able to work around and such we, a toxic environment. And we shot in real prisons. Those weren't like sets. Those are real prisons. We shot a lot of the scenes, like the laundry room scene and a lot of stuff outside doing the gardening was in Wayside, California, which is like one of the, the, the biggest one, one of the biggest laundry facilities in the world for, for laundry for, for, in prisons. I think they do the laundry for all the prisons all over, the, you know. Uh, oh, wow, okay. Or whatever. But uh, at least the L.A. County. And, and we would see buses of real prisoners come in day by day or going out, going to court. So it kind of gave that eerie feeling as well. And then we shot uh, some of the other scenes in the old L.A. County jail. Mm -hmm. Aspen shut down and all they use it for is videos and filming now, but you can feel the death in that place. It's old, it's shut down, you can smell the death, you can smell the urine, you can smell the feces, you can smell all the blood that's been spilled in that place. So when you're <sighs> it takes you there and it's in, and it's and it helps you get into the role a lot easier. So do you think being a germphobic came from working from that set or were you like that before then? Well, it, it wasn't me. It was my character. Right. Uh, you know, Lamont as in there, not Guy Tori. So, you know, Lamont was a germaphobe. Guy Tori, OCD. Yeah. So even before then, you were already like, I get it. <sighs> Into a character. It's mm -hmm. weird thing about acting is that you, you act as how you would normally react to a situation, a, a gunshot or rain or whatever, but then it's not you. Mm -hmm. So you got to react like how you would react, but then no, because it's not you. So it's that balance of, of, of being a human, but you can't be yourself. You have to be the character that that script uh, calls for. Those, you know, the, the character is going to do some things you probably wouldn't do or say. And you have to take that ego out. This is not me. This is... Lamont, let's do, let's do what would Lamont do? Right. Well, kind of flipping the script a little for a more fun prison movie, <laughs> life, complete contrast. Yeah. I mean, what? so tell me about working on that. Cause I mean, you got to work with some of your favorite friends and comedy as well it's, as. Some of my favorite mentors, friends. Yeah. I, Everybody uh, was in it. I mean, Eddie, to work with Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence and Bernie Mac. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Then you add Anthony Anderson to it and Miguel Nunez. Then you add some great acting, some great actors like Obababa Tunde and Brent Jennings and Shabaka Henley, who have seasoned vets who do theater and film and TV. But people don't know that Cicely Tyson was in the movie. She got, her presence was amazing. And you had a director who, who was great and, and who was white, but he got it. 
And you had a, a star in Eddie Murphy who on the first day on the set told the director, let them go, let them bring whatever they want to. When you, mm -hmm. have, when you have all those elements in a movie, man, you're destined for greatness. And that movie is one of the, is, is a cult classic. And one of the most, you know, it's not a week goes by that I don't hear something about American History X or life. I can imagine. What is, what is some of the things you hear the most about from life? This is my favorite movie. I've seen oh, okay. Uh, or my favorite scene, or what was it like working with it, with, with Eddie? I mean, it's 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 crazy the the the, the things that come from it. It's like, oh man, this is my my child. That sounds like a hint because there's been so many films that have been redone or had a sequel. Do you ever think about the idea of maybe life having a sequel? No, because I died in it. So well, I mean, I mean, we know how Hollywood movies are. Everybody dies, but then they come back, or maybe it's a prequel or something. Well, they do a prequel, yes. They do a sequel. My ass is worm food. Yeah, forgot about that part. So maybe not so much a sequel or a prequel, but another film where you guys all come together. Well, it, I mean, well, Bernie Mac is really past, but yeah, you know what? It's funny because you may yeah. do it and call it Afterlife, and we're. Mm. All <laughs> Oh, we're all Look, don't give don't give them any ideas. They'll try to CGI Red Fox and all these other people in the film because they're already hiring or signing but, CGA characters. Actually, passed from that movie. Who yeah. actually was was um, my boy Bear, Michael Telefero, Goldmouth, rest in peace. The director passed away. Heavy D passed away. Rick James passed away, and uh, one more person. There's five people who who passed from that movie. Oh, um, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Yeah. Okay. Bernie Mac. So five people from that movie have, have passed away. Yeah, I guess we'll have to think of another project to bring all <laughs> you guys back together. Or the ones that, because, you know, it would be awesome just to have all of that comedy on a movie again for yeah. the next generation to appreciate it, you know, because you guys are hilarious. It has to be the right script. It has to be the right director who allows... And the right actors. You got you got to take your ego and, and, and check it at the at the, at the in your trailer and come to set and be ready to work. Now, was there ever a time on set where you just felt like something didn't land right because maybe you felt I mean, I'm sure this never happens to you because I'm sure you never it never not works for you. But <laughs> being around so many other people where you just were like, oh, I gotta out funny them or and it just so, wasn't landing or every scene I've ever done in every movie I've ever done. Nothing lands right. Oh. Nothing lands right. It, it just it it it, do, it doesn't. It, you 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 have you have to just trust the process and trust. And every actor is different. Some actors know when they nailed it. I kind of know the, the the sales the the scenes that I know I nailed are mostly my dramatic roles. Okay. Go deep and dark to a place, and I know I hit something than that. But in the comedies, you know, we're ne we're, we're we're never satisfied. I'm never, I've never had the perfect comedy set, like ever. Like I've got standing ovation before. My first standing ovation I've ever gotten uh, was at the Fox Theater in Detroit, Michigan, Def Comedy Jam Tour, 1994 or five. I want to say 94, five, five. Maybe it was 94. I hated my set. Standing ovation, hated my set. I flubbed two jokes. And I, <laughs> oh no. Perfection, and I didn't realize I got a standing ovation. I, I, I was so mad. I said good night, and walked off. My head down. I was backstage kicking shit, pouting like a little biatch. <laughs> and Kid Capri came back. Was like, man, what are you? What's wrong? I said, man, I fucked up two jokes. He's like, man, they stood up. You got standing ovation. I was like, what? He said, you. They stood up. You got standing ovation. I was like, really? Wow. I didn't get a chance to see it. Oh no. I guess it was one of the times they didn't videotape it. No, this is 94, 95, man. I mean, you know, we barely. Well, I think Kid Capri, I'm thinking it's um, Stan Lathan's thing. Um, Def Comedy Jam. Definitely, it's a tour. It's Def Comedy Jam. Okay. Oh, it was a tour. Got it. The show. This was a tour. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, since we brought up dead actors and comedians, I hate to do this, but everybody loves your stories with, of course, the ones with Tupac. Oh. And I mean, I, I would be dumb to not bring it up because you have so many great. Tupac was an amazing artist, amazing person, amazing prophet. And mm -hmm. but when I first met him, it was the same day Clinton got elected in the office. Same day I met Janet Jackson. Um, I just moved to L.A. that August. This was like November 8th or something, I think. I can't remember. 
whatever Tuesday was, that super Tuesday was in, in election day in, in, in 1992. Um, but I went to the set. I went to the set with my brother was doing some pickup shot supported justice. And Tupac was leaving as we were coming. And I was like, oh man, it's Tupac. Man, he's a badass actor. This motherfucker is dope. You know, first of all, I saw him in Juice. And I was Amazing. like, this dude can act his ass off, right? This dude is fire. Then we mm -hmm. met him that day. Joe had already met him because they'd already shot Poetic Justice. And I met him for the first time. And I was like, oh man, that's Tupac. And he was he he had snapped and went off on a tangent about some dude he was gonna ride on, you know he was gonna he was gonna you know the trouble he was in, and I was like I was standing there after that like, okay that, that Negro wasn't acting that's that's him. <laughs> that's really him. So and I my, heard yeah. And my brother was like, yo man, you're a star now, man. You get somebody else to handle that business for you. You don't need to do that no more. And he's like, you right, Joe. You right, Joe. But then when I was doing stand-up, man, he was always giving me advice. Always telling me to get out my brother's shadow. Always telling me, you know, be original, man, you know. And and always always supporting my shows, man. So Tupac was a great dude, man. There was several times I could have hung out with him. But I didn't because, you know, I ain't gangster like that. I mean, you know, I ain't going to lie. I'm, I'm from the streets, but I ain't street. No, I get. I mean, if you did ride with him, who knows what would have happened, how right. things could have changed. So right. we're glad that you're here with us on the living. Right. Right, but you probably would have some really great stories to share. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hanging out with yeah, Tupac. Yeah. I'll be sharing them soon. I, I did a series on the Tom Jordan Morning Show called mm -hmm. Three Stories, mm. and uh, I, I'm bringing it to video. You know, long before everybody else got on quarantine, they start telling their stories. I was telling my stories in 2018 on the Tom Jordan Morning Show, uh, and uh, they're going to be expanding stories, more uh, adult, more mm -hmm. raw, more edgy, more vivid, more colorful more flavor, uh, and and they're coming soon, Tory stories. Now, how, like, so it's coming soon, like, in the summer or closer? Well, I got I mean, eight summer is, like, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got eight already shot. Okay. I got, I got more to shoot. I just got to win the editing process now. But you know what? There's a couple of uh, uh, um, studios that are interested in them. I was just going to post them on my YouTube. But somebody yeah. said, no, those are interesting stories. You may want to, we can do something with that. So I'm like, okay, cut the check. Like for real, for real, because YouTube don't monetize like it used to. Anyway. <laughs> but since you brought up flavor, you've been another thing that you've been recording pretty regularly is your Taco Tuesdays. Oh, good. Which segue. I'm sure people are very <laughs> mad at me. Good oh segue. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I've been looking forward to this for a month. So yeah, I'm ready. I heard you say flavor, and I was like, speaking of flavor. Tell me about the Comedy Kitchen. Comedy Kitchen, man. Actually, today, right now, I should be doing Taco Tuesdays. But because I'm not home in my own kitchen, uh, I there's no Taco Tuesdays. But there will be Foodie Fridays, which this Friday will have the very lovely Shantae Moore in <gasps> our kitchen. Yes. Very great oh, woman, awesome. period. So she's doing the Comedy Kitchen this week. Yeah. Got Nichelle Turner from ET. Emmy Award winner, Nichelle, Nichelle Turner. Oh, I love that, her. We got Donnell Rollins on deck. So, okay. Larry, we got a lot of uh, comedians, actresses, singers on deck, uh, journalists. And uh, so Taco Tuesday, I mean, um, Comedy Kitchen started as a, as a cookbook in 2013 that I was going to do. And then, you know, you get busy and, you know, I had meetings and things like that. I got busy, kind of fell by the wayside. And then I was going to shoot as a show right before the quarantine, mm -hmm. two weeks off. And then they shut us down. I was like, well... Let me just go live with it and, and shoot it at the same time. And it turned into, I was supposed to do one, we'll do it one time. Yeah. And it turned out to be twice a week. It's so good. So and I'm, like, yeah. I get mad at the fact that you don't like pre tell us the recipe I or what we need better. to cook. I have to be better at that. And I will. Yeah. If I, I, mean... if I can get the recipes from Shantae, okay. I'm going to cook this Friday. I'll post them and then. Like the grocery <laughs> list. Yes. Yes, yes, I will do that. Cause I, when I saw your picture for the waffles that you oh, did, man. the churro waffles, I was Ooh. like, uh, 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 cut, cut, cut that recipe. <laughs> I'm going to go edit all the footage that I saw too, and put snippets of it on uh, YouTube. Okay. Put the recipe on there too. Thank so you. I'm building my YouTube page. Nothing yet, but go okay. follow me. Follow me on Instagram right now, you all. Guy Tory G U I T R Y. Follow me on Facebook, uh, Guy Tory Live. Uh, and uh, my YouTube is Guy Tory too, so yeah. But Comedy Kitchen is great, man. It, it's been fun. I like to cook. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, it's been uh, an experience. It's like comedy, you know, it's, I'm creative, like stand up. It's all about, you know, uh, putting some love into it, but it's also about the presentation. And that's all the, the ingredients for stand up. You know, I'm gonna have you looking on the funny bone, you know, by the end of my show, by the end of my cooking. No, it's funny because even in your bio, you mentioned that your comedy is like a gumbo of different Probably. artists. So it always goes back to food. And I wrote that long before Comedy Kids. I mean, I wrote that long okay. cookbook. I had that 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 line. So it's always there. I mean, God prepares you for stuff earlier in life to deal with later, to, to work with later in life. So mm -hmm. it's always there, man. As like I said, I was born to be a comedian. It, it didn't. It, I didn't find it. It found me. And and. That's why I stay true to stand up because that's the girl who brought me to the dance. I always put stand up over a lot of my other talents, but stand up is the one that uh, that that's feeding me. Not right now because <laughs> well, of course, oh, I got dime coming in from stand up right now. But thank God the residual checks and uh, these projects I'm working on. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you about the projects you have coming up. Are is there anything that's coming that we can look forward to seeing soon? Because we're running out of Netflix shows to watch. You know what? It's funny because uh, I'm actually supposed to be shooting a movie right now in Miami. Uh, it got pushed in September, uh, so I possess. We're going to shoot later this year. Um, I'm working on a project I can't really talk about. Uh, that's a major, major project. That's that's really going you know take me to a whole new level in this entertainment industry. And you know, still my comedy special. I still haven't done a stand-up special because specials ain't really special no more. So mm -hmm. the one I'm going to do is going to be epic. So it's going to be fun. I can't wait. And I know a few years back you were involved in a roast, and a certain person kind of bombed. I won't say who. Doug Williams. <laughs> Doug Williams, great guy, super funny guy. He just had a bad night that night. Yeah, it happens. And so I think it would be really funny, especially since you brought up. Um, Teddy Riley earlier. Right. If you guys would do something like that instead of the comedian, like doing comedians doing almost like wild out, I guess. Right. But like where you guys just started fighting each other or roasting each other online, all in good fun on the week. You know, they, just they, they've had a few roast battles that I've seen out, okay. out there. But I saw Shaq um, a couple of months ago in January at Kobe's memorial. All right. And we talked afterwards, you know, it, Shaq has a restaurant downtown LA, Shaquille's. Very good food, and he was in there, and we were talking it up. And he was like, "Man, I'm gonna do another roast. I'm gonna do another. I'm gonna do another Shaq roast. So be ready." And I was like, "Okay, okay." So uh, Shaq is has in the works another another comedy roast. Yes. See, I love when I get exclusives like that. I'm so excited <laughs> about that. That is gonna be so much fun. Right. Maybe some of the same characters, or do you have any hopes of anybody that would be there that maybe wasn't in the original roast? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Shaq has a lot. A lot of funny people uh, since then. I'm sure he'll probably call on the likes of Kevin Hart and, you know, mm. the likes of Barbie Donnell Rawls. Donnell Rawls don't really like to roast, although he's funny as hell. I'm sure probably Tony Rock, who's a great roast, really funny. Uh, roast Miller, you know, who's really funny, and probably D.L. Hughley. Lunell <sighs> yeah. don't like to roast either. Um, she, you know, she just doesn't. Take one for the team. Come on, it's Shaquille. He's seven feet. You know, so you know, yeah. it, it, I'm, there's a lot of funny, funny, funny people out there that that can really do a great job. Chris Spencer, who's who killed my role. I did a roast for my 50th birthday that we filmed that uh, we, you were using for something, and Chris Spencer killed it. A dude named Buddy Lewis who killed it. Um, you know, uh, Earthquake is a hell of a roast. I mean, really funny people out there who can go. Yeah. Now, do you remember your first time ever seeing a, com a comedy show or your first maybe that you sneaked and listened to um, Richard Pryor album or anything? Do you ever remember your first one? But, but we did leak, listen, sneak and listen to Richard Pryor. That, okay. that nigga's crazy was in every <laughs> black household, probably white household too back then. As right. For my age, my generation. But I remember the first comedy show I ever went to in my life live was in college. I was a freshman in college. I didn't know I didn't even know doing comedy was a job. I had the shoot the free shows, you know, in the in the student center. And it was a comedian named Henry Cho. Huh. He's an Asian Korean uh comedian from Tennessee. Hmm. He's on stage and he talks in this heavy, thick Korean accent. 
oh, I know you're talking about. Yes, and then he goes into his Tennessee voice and it totally flipped. It's like, oh, and like that's the first comic comedian I've ever seen live, and I still haven't met him today. We I've been doing comedy <sighs> eight years. I bumped into a lot of comedians on the tour, on on the road, and never bumped into Henry Cho to say you were my first live stand-up show. Oh wow! I remember one of his jokes. It was okay. funny because I went to Southeast Missouri State, and it was two hours outside of St. Louis, Missouri, where I grew up. And it was this, it was this, um, this hardware store called Do It. Like it was just Do It. <laughs> yeah. On the right, St. Louis to Cape Girardeau, Missouri, you had to drive, and no planes flew into Cape Girardeau unless you was on a private plane. Okay. And, and a big old sign said Do It Center, right? And his joke was like, I'm riding up. You know, 55, and I saw a big bill and said, Do it, Senator. Like, is that where you go learn how to do it? I mean, it was just like, joke after I was like, because I used to think that the same the same way. I wasn't even doing comedy, but every time I saw it, when I drove home or drove back to campus, I would see the Do It Center. I'm like, man, I, I wonder what goes on in there. For <laughs> a comedian, but you know, I think right then, you know, there was early signs of, of me seeing stuff, making fun of it. Now, your road to being a comedian wasn't complete. Like, you didn't start off in entertainment. I mean, like, you worked regular jobs first. Yeah, I did. I worked at a quick program in St. Louis okay. as a cashier and a stalker in stores in St. Louis. When I got to LA, I worked for WIC, which is Women, Infants, and Children in St. Louis. I used to be a, um, I used to have to use WIC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good program. You learn a lot about nutrition and how to feed your child and, 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 and make them grow up you know, healthy and about breastfeeding. It was funny because I used to, <laughs> I used to be in the, uh, you know, as a WIC technician, I used to write the vouchers, right? And, and yeah. a lot of moms, especially black moms, had a lot of pride. So mm -hmm. they, didn't people, they didn't want people to know that they were on this government assistant. Mm -hmm. So I'd be at one of my other jobs and they'd come into the store with their kids and the kids would be like, mama, mama, that's the WIC man. <laughs> tell the kids, shut up, boy. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> a lot looking around like if anybody heard them, I'm like, I heard you. Or they're there because if you were on a WIC, you know you had appointments. And mm -hmm. our classes in St. Louis are WIC appointments. You had to go to a 15-minute nutrition session. And a lot of them hated that session. So someone would miss their appointments and see me in a club. Hey, I miss my my baby ain't got no merk. Or, <laughs> or can I schedule an appointment? Or, you know, can I skip the class? And it was like, nah, first of all, this ain't the WIC office. You know, right. She was cute. I was like, uh, hey. Uh. Give me your name and number and I'll make it happen. Yeah, you can <laughs> <me>. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, when we first moved to North Carolina, um, I didn't have medical insurance when I found out I was pregnant. So paying for all of that, right. one of my girlfriends like, you just need to sign up for WIC. They'll help you out in case you need a breast pump or anything yeah. like because they're expensive. Yeah. And so I signed up for it and it like just overhearing some of the issues, some of the moms that weren't breastfeeding yeah. as far as like they ran out of the special soy if your kid was allergic and so they right. didn't have anything to right. feed. Like just hearing all those stories kept me breastfeeding longer than I probably should. Well, no, it worked out because I had to wait for her to get off of her dairy right. allergy. But No, it was, it was a good program. I, I, yeah, it's a great program. You don't have, it doesn't matter how much money you have to qualify for it either. Not at all. That was the well, problem. I couldn't get Medicaid other well, stuff. Well, in Missouri, it did. Okay. In Missouri, oh. you had to qualify medically and financially. If you were over. Oh. Yeah. I think maybe the qualifications weren't as high as for the other stuff. Because that was, I couldn't get food stamps. I couldn't get anything else. I could only qualify for WIC, whatever yeah. it was. Right. No, yeah. WIC, they, they did have their limitations. If you're a foster mom. And, and you you could qualify if you adopted some kids, then you automatically qualify. Um, but yeah, Wick was a uh, yeah, it was interesting. I bet working in that situation is a lot of stories you can use towards your comedy act as well, or just right a lot of different characters that you can and use I as method. Really brought it on stage yet? I like I really, oh. really, I've gone into it a few times, but yeah. not really, really. Well, I'm sure you have so many funny things to choose from that you haven't had to go back that far yet. Oh, well, yeah, you know. It's a busy man doing some busy things. Yeah, working on some new comedy right now. That's the thing, um, yeah. you know, this quarantine, just writing some new stuff. And, and you know, a comedy kitchen is taking so much of my time. But, you know, 
I got I got to find time to get this new material in. I mean, it's a great way to interact with people because yeah. I mean, I I have family and I still get like I miss people and need to talk to people on a regular basis. So that's obviously why I started my show. But I want to go back because I just remembered something you were talking about. Shantae Moore is going to be your guest Friday. Yes, and one of my good girlfriends. And I, we all worked with Shantae Moore when she filmed here in North Carolina for Shake, Rattle, and Roll. It was like okay. a dream girls type character she right. played. And my girlfriend was one of the other singers with her. And so I'm, I'm excited to see if she still remembers working on Shake, Rattle, and Roll. It was like a TV text, you know what? made text for me movie. That, text me that and I'm, I'm okay. going to bring that question up. Yeah, because uh, she, um, a friend of ours, he sent us a bunch of pictures from behind the scenes just recently. Right. So, I, I mean, I had forgotten all about that movie because, honestly, uh, I was a stand-in on it. Right. And I got my audition to be in front of the camera. And I left halfway through production. <laughs> and they were kind of mad at me. So Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> and that was a sag. It was Dawson's Creek. I'll be daggone. Oh. Nobody remembers Shake, Round and Roll, but everybody remembers Dawson's hey, Creek. I did a play with Shantae Moore, man. And she's a really talented actress. Her comedic timing is insane. And she should have been, I think, mm -hmm. on had her own sitcom. She's that funny and that good. Well, work on it. You can write her into something. Yeah. yeah. So you got all these productions going. So speaking of that, what kind of, what? who else would you like to do a movie with if you could? Whether somebody you've already worked with or somebody you haven't yet. It's directors, too many, anything. Too many people, man. I mean, okay. um, Denzel, Don Cheeto, you know, mm -hmm. Daryl Lindo. You know, uh, Leonardo, Pacino. Uh, Come on, De Niro. Uh, I'm noticing now they all sound the same. You're yeah, just I know, right? Using vowels. Pacino, <laughs> De Niro. Yeah. I can see you on. Um, do you ever watch Black Monday with Don Cheadle and Regina? Oh yeah, man, Regina Hall. That show is yeah. crazy. I could see you on that. Don's, for Don's sure. a hell of an underrated actor, man. And he, he really he does for. The craft. He doesn't do it to be in the limelight, the spotlight. Mm -hmm. He does. It does. And neither does Denzel. They do yeah. it the way they're supposed to do it. I mean, you got Idris Elba, who's a beast as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I Brad Pitt. I'd like to work with. Um, mm -hmm. Man, it's so many. You're I, naming a lot of men. Have you noticed that? Yeah, because you know why? Because dramatically. Yeah. You know, I, I'd like to do some scenes where we're going. We're going at it. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. I worked with Halle Berry before. You know, I work with Halle, but as you got to look at, I'm a male actor. So the guys I look up to are going to be male actors as far as like the certain that roles I want to play. Now, as far as actresses, I, I've acted with Cicely Tyson before. Uh, right. Halle Berry, I learned a lot from Halle Berry. Now tell you know, us, what did you learn from her? You know, I did a, yeah. I, did a, I did a film called, uh, I was in a film, I didn't do it. I, it was in a film called Introducing Dorothy Dandridge. I very That's right. Small role. You, I was, I you were the ex-husband. I had one line. It was I was in the cafeteria scene at the vending machine. And I was oh. man in blue shirt. But what I learned from her is Oh, that's right. It was Oba Babatunda that was Oba her Baba husband. Tunde, yes. That's right. Okay. I was so, like, wait, you were her husband? Never mind. No. Uh, I look taller than Oba. Not 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 as good as actors Oba. Look, I've worked with him too. He was um the principal of Dawson's Creek when I worked yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. Oba but, is a great guy. Great, yeah. great guy. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I saw Hallie work, man, and just her work ethic was sick. Her respect for the craft, what she brought to the craft, what she brought mm -hmm. to the role, and her respect for other actors, and her respect for the people behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the PAs and the, the script supervisor and the camera people, just respect all the way around. And, and I learned that respect that I've watched. And not that I wouldn't have been, because I started as a PA myself, but to see... Uh, you know, someone of that caliber, where you hear about all these divas and all that stuff. Nah, she was none of that at all, and delivered. So uh, hats off to Halle Berry. Not because she's fine, but she's just you know she's just a joy. Mm -hmm. I've heard. Um, I worked with C um, Cicely Tyson as well, and she was the same way in that sense, yeah. where she was just. I think it's something about the more established you are in the film industry, the more you realize it's the network, it's the people around you. Yeah. Cecily Tyson has an aura about her, an energy about her. And I, I had her in my bed, actually, Cecily Tyson. A couple you of would. I, See, you don't keep nothing to yourself. Just telling all the tea. I had her in my bed. Okay, Cougar. <laughs> so, she was in town doing a play with Blair mm -hmm. Wood, um, mm -hmm. Bountiful, Life of Bountiful. Uh, 
And it was definitely in downtown LA. I live downtown LA in a building with his condos. So one of the owners of his condo rented his two bedroom condo to Cicely Tyson for the, the length of the play. Ah. And so she stayed in our building because it's very secure, very neat, very clean. She was there for a month or so. They loved her. She loved the building. She trusted the building. No one invaded her privacy and anything. They extended the play. So she had to stay over, but she had to move out the condo because the guy had already rented it to someone else and they were coming. And she didn't want to leave and go anywhere else. So he asked me if I would rent my place to Cicely Tyson. I said, first of all, no. I'm, she can have it for free. She is a friend. She's an icon. She said, no. He said, no, no, no. She really wants to pay. She don't want it for free. I said, okay, but she doesn't have to. So I had another buddy that lived in the building and had a two-bedroom. So I just stayed in his extra bedroom for the week. And Sissy stayed in my condo. And, and so she slept in my bed. And so Sissy Tyson was in my bed. See, you're like, yeah, she can stay for free. So then I can use this story that I, she slept in my bed. <laughs> hey, see, you, well, she slept in my bed, but you ain't lying. Yeah, she was knocking the sheets and everything. She probably, <laughs> you know, she's Boston, but the, the comforter was sticking to the, the top. I mean, she she had all your pictures around her. I'm sure. Well, no, I have no, motivation. I have no pictures of me in, in my. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no. Like I would have left a bunch of headshots, like hit, hit. <laughs> right, right. My agent's information. I do that in case of emergency. In my building, they shoot a building. Mm. I always tease that I'm gonna walk through this lobby with, uh, you know, my headshot and like, hey, you know, you don't, I don't remember. I live right here. They shot the movie. Shot a lot of that in my building, in the lobby, in the penthouse. Speaking of Don Cheeto, they they shot. Um, um, House of Lies is <gasps> in my building. It was a show on HBO called Newsroom. The uh, the lead guy they shot his condo in my building. So they oh, shot wow. a lot of stuff, films and TV shows. They the Rock shot part of uh, Ballers when they moved, came to LA in my building. So they shoot a lot of my building. So you're saying that your vents should have resumes in them just to be hey, safe. Hey, I <laughs> just have to slip it through. <laughs> It should be in the lobby. Oh yeah, with the um, with the doorman. Yeah, yes, concierge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, concierge. Um, yeah. Fancy. Okay. Well, now I want to ask you: Is there any plans with once the pandemic is over? Do you plan to keep doing your lives? Because I mean, yeah. I know I'm not the only one that's gotten really attached to being able to watch you on a regular basis. Yeah, you so. know what? Consistency, I hear, is what what counts in the in the social media world. So consistency mm -hmm. is what it's going to be. Oh, great. Yay. Because I was like, that's going to be the sad part is as a stay-at-home mom for the most part, I don't get to go clubbing on a regular basis. I don't get to hear DJs from New York and LA every weekend and comedians, national recognized comedians on my phone anytime. Well, now I finally learned how to play on my TV. Mm -hmm. I'm so mad because DJ D-Nice was on live Saturday from Miami. And I'm watching him. And I text him and said, hey man, I'm in Miami too. I knew he wasn't gonna answer then because he's, you know, he's he's working. Right. And I said, hey, I'm in Miami. And then then I found out, you know, a day later that he was playing a block from me where I was staying. Wow. I, he was he was playing. And I'm like, so I called him and said, hey, man, I'm in Miami. I heard you playing a block from me. Yeah. I said, I'm staying at the such and such hotel. He said, yeah. I'm staying at I'm there too. I said, what? So we were in the same hotel. I didn't know it. And we live a block from each other in L.A. In wow. Yeah. So we was just laughing at, so we was in the same hotel at the same time and didn't even know it. Now, I'm so curious, what is going on in Miami that all of these very famous live people are all there at the same time? Ooh. Mm, I can't wait to see what comes out. <laughs> so, um, I, I, well, okay. I know our time is a little off, so I'm just going to make sure I go through if there's any questions. I want to make sure I'm very um, considerate of your time because even though things started later, I'm sure you have a lot more to do tonight. I got, yeah, so. I got, we have a meeting with this director that's coming up. 
Oh yeah, I don't want you late to that. Um, ah, any advice for starting stand up? You know what? Forget starting stand up. Start anything. The first thing to do is research it and see. Is the internet is at our fingertips right now? You can research any profession you want to go into. Find someone who knows about it and talk to them. Even if it's stand up, even if it's a doctor, even if you want to be a teacher, if you want to be a, 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 an electrician, but but research. The, the 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 field research what it is that you're going to do know that you got to have it here too especially in, in, in entertainment there's so much so much rejection so much you know uh doors closing in your face if you don't have thick skin and it ain't in your heart you, you're going to be disappointed but you got to like take them nose and use that as fuel and use that to, to get to where you're going to be change your language you'll change your life so you got to see yourself where you're going to be not where you want to be and you sacrifice uh, fellas, man, the women gonna be there. The women gonna be there. They ain't going nowhere. Sacrifice, man, chasing tail to go after your dream. Women, quit sacrifice what you want, fellas. Uh, the factory right men to go at your dream. The men gonna be there. Trust me, we ain't going nowhere either. So research it. Sacrifice a lot of sacrifice. Jordan, Michael Jordan said something in the um, eighth episode of. Uh, of 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 his uh, last dance about to, and he said winning has a price yeah. he said winning has a price and he said leadership has a price and that stuck with me out of all the stuff because i'm not a michael jordan fan at all never been a michael fan at all. only because he won his first ring against the lakers and i'm petty <laughs> i'm petty so, so, so well that and he went to carolina and i'm a duke fan so you're dookie, okay. Yeah, I am. I know we had this conversation before you made fun of me. But I'm telling you right now, he's mm -hmm. period. And winning has a price. You got to sacrifice. And if you're going to turn your friends off, not hanging out to go after what you do, and they get mad at you, then they're not your real friends. Yeah. you and what you're doing, you don't need them around you at all. So sacrifice what you do um, and, and, ju and just go for it. You know, have a foundation. Whatever faith you are, I happen to be Christian. I believe in God. That's my foundation. So whatever you belong to, whoever you pray to, have that foundation and then go at it from there. And just, you know, balls to the wall. Balls yeah. to the wall or women, nips to the tips. <laughs> That's a new one. I have not heard nips to I, the tips before. Because <laughs> I'm like, what are the tips exactly? Tips. Dip to the tip, all the way to the top. Oh, see, that's how women get in trouble. Just the tip. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That got me in trouble. <laughs> I bet. I bet, Mr. The Women Will Be There. Now, just one last thing, because I do think this is important for people to get from a comedian like yourself. Like with comedic timing, people always say it's about comedic timing and comedy and working in comedy. It's about comedic time, comedic timing. What exactly does that mean for people who want to get into comedies? And because, like you said, it's easier for comedians to do the serious stuff if they could just shut off. Tiny, um, tiny. Trying to turn it into jokes. So, what about for people who are tired of doing serious stuff and want to now do comedy? What would you tell them to do? Take a comedy class and read books. Okay. And and study the comedian who makes you laugh the most. The comedian that makes you laugh the most, that's closer to where your funny bone is. Okay. And, and you study, but, but study everybody because you can learn from everybody. Find out what type of comedian you are. Learn the difference between a comic and a comedian. A comic says funny things, can make things funny. And find out if you're a storyteller or are you physical or are you observational? Are you political? Are you more, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, improv, uh, improv comedian? You know, find out w what you are and stay in that lane. Okay. All right. Well, I am so happy that we were able to make this finally work. I don't know what happened with the internet gods, but thank you for that. For just, because I always love chatting with you. And I'm so glad we finally got to have this interview that we've been waiting over a month for. <laughs> like, is it, is it April 19th? Like, no, fool. <laughs> Make I work Sundays. I was posting. like, no, it's next month. Like, oh, that's what I get for trying to book so early because I'm definitely not doing that for June. I'm waiting a little bit later so I can be more quick with it, so people don't have to wait so long to get in their space. But lesson learned. No, I appreciate you. Thank you so much again for doing this. You. All right. Well, good luck with your director. Break some legs. I will. All right. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. I want to come back sometime. 
you tell me when you can come back anytime you want because i heard that you have a certain podcast coming soon and you know if you need a female part of it i'm okay. saying i'm gonna shoot oh. my shot oh. <laughs> see capricorns we gotta look out for each other i'm trying every angle and military brat like every angle yeah <laughs> all right well again good luck thanks again you're welcome all right have a good one all right Yay! It worked. Thank you. I don't know what happened. It was really weird. Every time he would try to log in, it would just take him right back to Facebook, but not to BeLive, which is the app I use to, um, or the software I use to host my show and everything. And I am not a techie person. I just play one on TV, like for real, for real. So I appreciate everyone in the comments helping me out when we were having tech issues because we tried FaceTiming him in only to realize that only works for visual, not so much for audio. And I, I mean, you guys really saved me on this one as far as helping me know when and where um, sound was going. And thank you so much in the comments because I was just so nervous of even like going too much into the comments because he was kind of going in and out and I didn't want to miss anything. So, um, well, at least for me, but I didn't know if he was for you guys, but I'm just checking through to see. Yeah, I can't wait for Shantae more because, oh, Shantae can cook, y'all. Goldie Bell, she knows. She's the one I was telling you about that worked with Shantae um, on Shake, Rattle, Roll. Actually, it was Rhonda Marie. Oops, there we go. Rhonda Marie, she worked with um, Shantae more on Shake, Rattle, Roll. She was in the band, which hopefully she'll post a picture soon, and then I can repost it so you can see which one I'm talking about. And then... And she's a natural comedian for look. We're about to see another side to Miss Shantae Moore, R&B uh, singer. That's the way I always think of her is just having that beautiful voice. So I can't wait to hear her comedy side, like to see that side of her. And I think that's pretty much it. So again, thank you so much for uh, dealing with all the tech issues and waiting for us to get back. I really appreciate it. I don't know what happened and hopefully it never happens again since it worked its way out and he was doing the exact same thing. Just, he didn't give up. So again, thank you so much. Make sure you share, share, share. Don't let the e-spot be the best kept secret. The more people that know about me, the more chances I get people like guy as guests. So thank you again. And I appreciate you guys. <laughs>